Well, amen. Exodus chapter 2 this morning, if you brought your Bibles. Exodus chapter 2. This chapter opens, as we will discover in just a moment, with the birth of one of the greatest men that God ever made. His name was Moses, and he towers like a, like a titan across the vance reaches of our Bible. He is mentioned in 261 verses in Exodus, 80 verses in Leviticus, 216 verses in Numbers, 35 in Deuteronomy, 51 in Joshua, and 47 in the other historical books. He's mentioned in Psalms. He's mentioned in the Prophets. He's mentioned 30 in 37 verses in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 19 times in Acts, 22 verses in the Epistles. And in one final time in the last book of the Word of God, the book of Revelation. Altogether, He's mentioned in 784 verses. Moses was known as the emancipator and the lawgiver of Israel. He was also a scholar and a soldier and a statesman and a saint. And here's what I submit to you this morning, that much, much of the credit For the man that he became must be given to his mother. Let's read our text and then we'll see if we can encourage the moms among us today. Beginning in verse 1, Exodus chapter 2. And there was a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bear a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And we'll explain more about that in a moment. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark, a little basket, if you will, made of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, among the reeds there, if you will, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister, Remember, she had been kind of hiding off to the side. Then then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. 
And the maid went and called the child's mother. Are you tracking the story here? She calls Moses' mom. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me. And I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. What an amazing story. Neither Moses' mother or father are named in our text. But as you can see from the title of the sermon today, his mom's name was Jochebed. You find that in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 20. His father's name was Amram. And together they chose to bring a child into a world that was very dark and very dangerous. The nation of Israel had been in Egypt almost 400 years. They were living there under the rule of an anti-Semitic dictator who hated the Hebrew people. They lived daily under the whip. They were oppressed, they were hated, they were abused. They were murdered by Pharaoh, who was the Hitler of their day. By making them slaves, Pharaoh hoped that he could break their wills, that he could break their backs. <laughs> but instead, they grew and they prospered, forcing him to turn the heat up a little more. And so here's what he did. He commanded the Hebrew midwives, you can read this for yourself later, but he commanded the Hebrew midwives to murder the newborn sons of the Hebrew women, even as they were, were giving birth. But they refused to do that. And when Pharaoh discovered that he couldn't rely on the midwives because they feared God more than they feared him, well, he tried another approach. He told his people to stay on the lookout for Hebrew babies. And if they, if they saw one, listen to this, that they were to throw him, the concern was male babies, they were to throw him in the crocodile-infested Nile River. It was during that reign of terror that Jochebed became pregnant with her third child. Her other two children, a, a boy and a girl named Aaron and Miriam, they were older. She didn't have to worry about them. But the child in her womb would be fair game for any patriotic Egyptian in a bad mood. Can you imagine living with such fear? When I 
Think of the times in which Jochebed was called to be a mother. I think of, of moms today. These are indeed challenging days to be a mother in our world as there are so many forces at work which threaten to drown our children. Some kids are drowning today in the river of violence and promiscuity that is pouring out of media. Others are drowning in a sea of confusion as the lines between what is right and what is wrong are continually being blurred in our society. Still others are drowning in a competitive culture that rewards performance above character. Every conscientious parent knows how dangerous it is to grow up in our 21st century world. In the dangerous world in which she found herself, Jochebed stands out because she did what she could to save her child. Then, when she could do no more, she depended totally on the faithfulness of God. I'm telling you, she was a model of faith. And it's her faith that I want us to focus on for a few minutes this morning. And here's what I would say, first of all, Jochebed had a courageous faith. Jochebed had a faith that earned her an induction along with her husband into what we often call the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And here's what it says about Jochebed and her husband by faith. Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And watch this. They were not afraid. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. Though the king said that all of the male Hebrew babies had to be thrown into the Nile. Jochebed and her husband disobeyed the king and hid Moses for three months. That took courage. Took courage. I mean, imagine how hard it must have been to hide an infant. I mean, some of you moms, you're sitting here and you're like, how in the world did she do that? I couldn't have hid mine for three hours. <laughs> she hid him for three months. We often think that faith is, is we think of it as passive. But listen, real faith is not passive of all, at all. It's active. As we like to say here, faith is believing the Word of God and what, church? Acting on it. Believing the Word of God and acting on it no matter how I feel because God promises a good result. Faith sometimes calls us to do risky things. I think of mothers who have been unable to conceive, but have seen that as an opportunity to adopt children. 
who might otherwise have spent their lives in a, in a children's home somewhere. Listen, that's a courageous act of faith. I think of mothers who are married to unbelieving husbands, but still choose to raise their children in the faith. I think of single moms among us who regardless of the cause of their singleness, they're alone, and they're doing their best just to survive. They are faced with the daunting task of carrying the parenting load alone. Ladies, our hat's off to you today. I think of mothers who are courageous enough to say no to their daughters or to their sons even when it seems like every other mom is saying yes. I think of mothers who choose to give up a lucrative career so they can stay home with their children when many around them, maybe some even in their own family, are saying, you're nuts. I think of moms everywhere who choose to carry out their role in the home as it's described in the Bible thus setting a good example for their daughters to follow. Listen, that takes risky faith. It takes courageous faith. And what is it that gives these mothers the courage to act in such a way? I would suggest that it's because they fear God more than they fear anyone or anything else. Their heart's desire is to please God more than they want to please their friends or their family or even their own children. And they trust God. They trust that is their obedient to what He is calling them to do in the face of of. of of some threatening circumstances sometimes, their faith is in Him and that He will take care of them and their child. Jochebed had a courageous faith. Jochebed had a sensible faith. For as long as she was able, Jochebed hid her son and protected him the best she could But as we read, there came a time when she couldn't hide him anymore. So at that point, she she built uh, an ark. Uh, She put together, wove together a basket, and she sealed it, and she placed it in the Nile. But she didn't just send Moses floating down the river. She was very sensible in what she did. She had a plan. She was very purposeful. She placed him among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River, knowing, knowing that at some point there were going to be some Egyptian women who came there because they came there all the time. She also didn't just put him in the river and wave goodbye and say, hey, have a nice life, Moses. Maybe we'll catch up sometime. No, she had Moses' older sister 
stationed in a, in a place, in a position where she could see everything that was going on. And, and, and when Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket and, and saw the baby, and she came to Pharaoh's daughter and she said, would you like for me to take that child and, and, and take him to, to someone who can nurse him? She said, yes. And she took him back to his mother. And the plan, the plan was set in place. Jochebed was clever. He had a, a sensible faith. Listen, just because we say, well, I live by faith, doesn't mean we, we just live life haphazardly. No, there's sense and there's planning and there's, there's, there's being purposeful in, in the way we live. Mom, listen to me today. There's going to come a time when you got to let your baby go. Amen. There comes a time when you're going to take them to a dorm on a college campus somewhere. And you're going to drive off and you're going to be bawling like crazy, crazy and dad's going to be going. <laughs> Been there, done that three times. There comes a time when we have to let our babies go. But before you do, there are some very sensible things that you can do for him or for her. I think of things like teach them how to be responsible. Teach them how to be respectful. You can teach them how to be kind to others. I mean, listen, there, there are so many practical things that you can and should teach them to help them get along in life. Can I take just a moment to suggest the most important thing that you can do for your child? Here it is. Introduce them to Jesus. Introduce them to Jesus. You see, it doesn't matter how responsible or respectful or kind, or loving, or rich, or famous, your son or daughter becomes if at the end of their life they don't know Jesus. Yeah, but he was a great athlete. Yeah, but she was a, a surgeon. It means nothing. If they don't know Jesus, it means nothing. They need Christ as their Savior. Parents, listen to me this morning. Your children are the only thing you can take to heaven with you. That's it. You, you, can't, you can't take anything you own. You can't take anything they own. The only thing that you can take to heaven with you are your children. But they will not get there if they don't know Jesus. And they're not going to know Jesus if they're not introduced to him. 
Now, granted, I get this. We raised three kids. And I totally understand that, that you can't decide for your children when it comes to their relationship with Christ. That's not your decision. That's theirs. But listen, you are a deciding factor. It's like my good friend Jerry Locke says, it's a give and take situation. You give your child an opportunity to know God personally, and then you take away any excuse they might pick up from an inconsistent life. Listen to what one pastor wrote. He said, you want to mess up the minds of your children? Here's how, guaranteed. Rear them in a legalistic, tight context of external religion where performance is more important than reality. He said, fake your faith. Sneak around and pretend your spirituality. Train your children to do the same. Embrace a long list of do's and don'ts publicly, but hypocritically practice them privately. Yet never own up to the fact that it's hypocrisy. Act one way. Here's how he sums it up. Act one way, but live another. And you can count on it. Emotional and spiritual damage will occur. Mom, you got to live it. Day in, day out. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. You'll never be perfect. But you have to do everything you can to give your children every opportunity possible to come to know Christ as their Savior. And I know this is Mother's Day, but dads, listen to me. That's not just mom's responsibility. No, as a matter of fact, if I understand the word right, it's your responsibility first. First. And then mom, she comes alongside and she helps. Yeah, but I'm teaching my son to hunt, throw a football. I'm teaching him to ride a motorcycle. That's all great, Dad. But none of that stuff's going to get him to heaven. It may get him a good job. He may make a lot of money. But when he dies, he's leaving it all. Leaving it all. So it's time, it's not Father's Day, but we're going to give you a little preview. Dad, it's time to ban up. Quit leaving all of the spiritual training to Sunday school teachers and youth pastors and mamas. And get your nose in the book. And do it in front of your son. Do it in front of your daughter. Teach them how to be godly men and godly young women. And that'll be more rewarding to you at the end of your life than anything they could ever put on a wall. Amen, preacher. That's, man, that's good preaching. 
I've often, I've often threatened to, to preach a Father's Day message on Mother's Day because sometimes that's the only day dads come to church. So I guess I took one step in that direction. So Jochebed had a courageous faith. She had a sensible faith. Let me say this, she had a rewarded faith. I want to read again from the book of Hebrews. I want to show you how Jochebed's faith was rewarded. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Where do you suppose he picked that up at? He picked it up from mom and dad because they didn't fear the wrath of the king either. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. To sum that up, Moses refused social position. He refrained from sinful pleasure. He rejected short-term prosperity. And he risked sure punishment. Now, I'm not sure Jochebed, or I am sure I should say, Jochebed didn't live long enough to see the man of God that her son became. But though dead, her voice was still being heard through Moses' extraordinary devotion to the Lord. She lived a life as unto the Lord, and her son lit his torch at her flame. It was Jochebed's love, faith, and courage that saved her child from a cruel death and preserved him to be a blessing to the world. So mom, let me ask you this morning, what do you have to pass on to your children? What do you have? Grandmother, what do you have to pass on to your grandchildren? Whatever may comprise that list, I pray that at the top of it is faith. I hope that you're sitting here this morning with a personal knowledge of Jesus as your Savior. And that you're striving 
to pass that faith along. And if that's not the case today, then we're going to make it possible for this to be your day. Mother's Day 2019 can be the day that you came to know God in a personal way through His Son, Jesus Christ. And then for moms here, both married and single, whose faith is in Jesus, and you are doing your best to pass that faith along to your sons and daughters, can I just, can I just encourage you today, keep up the good work. Please do not grow weary in well-doing because in due season, you will reap the good seed that you've sown. And then I, I want to say something real quick to another group of moms that may be here. I know there are some here today. who are in this, this category. Because you can relate to this part of, of, of the life of Moses. Though Moses was a great man, he wasn't a perfect man. And there was a time when he was 40 years old that he murdered a man. And lived the next 40 years away from God on the backside of the desert. But eventually, eventually he found himself back on track and doing what God had planned for him to do. If you're a mom here today, whose heart is broken because of a wayward son or a wayward daughter. I prayed with a mom and her husband this morning after Bible study because of that very thing. They're fearful for the direction that his life is taking. They're fearful for where it may lead. Mom, if you're here this morning and you're suffering a broken heart because of a child's waywardness, can I just encourage you today? Keep trusting. Keep believing. But more than anything else, keep praying. My wife and I learned something many years ago when dealing with one of our children who were wayward and I shared that with this couple this morning here's what we learned and, and I believe it was a turning point in our lives and in his we learned this that we were going to do more good talking to God about our son than we, than we were talking to our son about God And I believe that was a turning point. Now listen, I say this especially for mamas. It's easy to pester them about God. 
about church, about the Bible. And I get it. I get it. Can I just tell you from experience, you're going to be profited more if you'll take those things to God. And talk to God more about them than you talk to them about God. And see if that doesn't help. Would you stand with me this morning as we enter our time of invitation?